Amen. What I want to talk to you about today is the fact that God's got a plan for you. He's got a vision for you. God has a vision for you. Not just for Pastor Jeff, who's called to preach. Not just for full-time ministry workers, but God's got a plan and a vision for you. You, as an individual. You. He's got a plan in mind. And so I'm going to start out talking about God's plan for every person, God's vision for every person. And then I'm going to hone in tighter, and I'm going to talk to you about God's vision for every Christian. Next week, when we celebrate the 10th anniversary, I can't believe it's been 10 years. You know, the first Sunday, there was only a cement floor. There was a wooden stage, old, well, not old, but a wooden non-decorated stage, and rented plastic chairs. Everybody say, we come a long way, baby. But next week, I'm going to talk to you about God's plan for Turning Point Church. Because God didn't just bring you to a church. He brought you to a plan. He brought you to a vision. And so don't miss next week. But today, let's read out of Proverbs 29, verse 18. We all know this verse. I'm going to read two versions so that we really get it. Proverbs 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. So God wants you happy. Now, here's another version. Listen to this. Without prophetic vision, people abandon restraint. Catch that. So whether you got a vision or not depends on the lifestyle you're going to live. Without prophetic vision, people abandon restraint. But those who obey the law are happy. Lord, thank you for your blessing today on the Word of God. And I pray that every person in this sanctuary and everybody watching by streaming video will experience a personal revelation from the Spirit of God, that they have been called by God, chosen by God, destined by God, with a vision and a plan from God. And as we obey that vision, there is where we will be happy. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, you're going to end up happy today. You're going to end up happy today. Amen. How many of you want to be happy? I want to be happy. Amen. I want to be happy. Can I tell you, happiness is an inside job. Happiness doesn't come from an outer happening. If you're waiting on outer happenings to make you happy, then it all depends on how your circumstances are. If your circumstances aren't great, then you're not going to be happy. But Bible happiness is an inside job that is not dependent on circumstances. But it depends on whether or not you're in the middle of God's will for you. The epicenter of God's will is where there's real joy, real peace, and real happiness. Now, the word vision, when we say vision, some of you are wondering, what does that mean? Well, the word vision means that you've come to understand God's plan and future purpose for your life. It's that simple. You have a vision for your, from, for your life that came from and comes from and flows out of God's revelation to you about his plan for you. When I realized God had a plan for me, it totally changed my life. When I realized I was destined by God for a plan and purpose designed and decreed by him, it changed my life. 
God has a plan for you. The Bible says that when we don't understand God's purpose and future plan for us, the natural tendency is to abandon yourself to a compromised lifestyle. Well, there's no, no real reason for me to be here, no real ultimate meaning, so I'm just going to live however I want, eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow I die. But when you've got a, a, an understanding of God's vision and plan for your life, then you live for that plan, you dedicate yourself to that plan, and you discipline yourself to fulfill that plan. Now, the good news is God has a plan for you, not just as a church corporately, but he has a plan for every one of us here today individually. He knows your name. He knows your address. He knows your DNA makeup, your genetic structure. He designed you, and he purposed you with a plan. We are called to live on purpose for his purpose. Listen to what God says. I know the plan I have for you. It's a good plan. I know the plan I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. God's not out to get you. He's got a good plan for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Our future is in the mind of God right now. Your future is in the mind of God. He's got a plan for you. That ought to excite you. I hope you came today to hear the word of God because that's what I'm going to give you, the word of God. I want, you, I want your understanding to be expanded. I want you to receive supernatural illumination today that the, the mighty creator of the world has a plan for you. It's in his mind. He's got a plan for you. And he's called you to it. Now the Bible is very clear about what God's plan and purposes are for every single person. Let me talk about every person on earth now. There is a plan. God has a plan for every person on earth. I may not know the specifics of things like who you're going to marry, where you're going to work, where you're going to live, where you're going to be 10 years from now, but here's what I do know. I know some very specific things about God's plan and will for you from the Word of God. I do know what it, his plan is for every single person on the planet. I can tell you one thing that is absolutely God's will and purpose and vision for you. And let's just start at ground zero. And this is very basic, but we need to hear this. It is God's will and plan, his desire that every person on earth is saved. He wants everybody to be saved. See, Jesus came, said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. He used the past tense was. What's he talking about? Way back in the Garden of Eden, man lost his way. And man has been lost ever since. And Jesus said, I came to seek, to find you, and to save you that were lost. That's the will of God for every man, every woman, every child that we be saved. Listen, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise to return again as some count slackness, but he's long-suffering towards us, not willing. Everybody say not willing. not willing. So notice this is his will he's talking about here. Not willing that anybody, not anyone should perish, but that everyone, all should come to repentance. I'm going to tell you folks, it is not God's will. Now, most everybody in here is saved, but if there's even one person here in here that has a question mark about your salvation, I'm going to take some time for you. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you and anybody listening on radio in days to come. All over the world, I'm talking to you. 
I want you to understand it's God's will that you be saved, rescued from your sin and from the consequences of sin. It's the will of God. And some people say, well, you know, Jeff, I've lived such a horrible life. I've made so many terrible mistakes. I've been involved in terrible sin. And I just don't think God loves me anymore. How could God still love me because I've kicked against his grace and I've resisted his love and I've turned and gone my own way. How can God still love me? Let me tell you something. No matter how unworthy you feel of God's love, he totally, completely, fantastically loves you today. He really does. I got $2 in my hands here. Now, if you could see these dollar bills up close, you would see this one is pretty new. There's not any wrinkles in it. It's been folded once. It's, it's a brand new dollar bill, but this one is all wrinkled up. It has had a hard time in life. This dollar bill. Now, let me tell you something. There's two kinds of people in the world. You, you've seen them. I've seen them. People who seem to always have it easy. Their, their life goes well. You know, they grow up, they get married, they get a great job, make good money, get the house with the picket fence, have great kids that never give them a problem. Yeah, some of you are going, yeah, yeah, I've seen a few of those and I hate their guts. And, and, and it just seems like they, they end up with very few wrinkles in life. That's like this new dollar bill here. They're just like this new dollar bill. But then... We know more people that are like this one. This one's been through some hard times. It's all wrinkled up. Now, now let me do something with it. I'm just going gonna, gonna to wad it up. I'm going to abuse it in front of you. And I'm going to take this bill and I'm going to throw it on the floor. And I'm going to go and I'm going to stomp on it. And I'm going to rub my foot on it. I'm going to treat it badly. And that's the way some of you feel life has done you. You feel like this dollar bill, just like this one. And you're going, I'm all beat up. I've been abused. I've been wronged. I've been mistreated. I've made terrible mistakes. Surely God doesn't love me anymore. Let me ask you a question. If I gave you this dollar and this dollar, is this dollar have any less value than this one? No. It, it hadn't lost one penny of its value because it's been abused. Listen. You have not lost one penny of value to God because you're like this dollar bill. He loves you no matter what you've been through. He loves you. This is why I always say he loves the drug addicts. That's this bill. He loves the alcoholics. He loves the down and outers. He loves the ones who have made so many mistakes they can't find their way out. He, he loves you no matter what. He still loves you and you've still got the same value to God. I was this bill, and you know what? Now I look like this bill, but I remember being like this bill, and God took this bill and made this bill out of it, and God can take you no matter how far down you've gone, no matter how many mistakes you've made, no matter how deep the pit you've dug, God can still reach down and pick you up and make you like a new bill. He can change you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and all has become new. So I want you to understand, God wants to save everyone. That's the will of God. And if you go to him and say, Lord, I'm all 
wrinkled up. I'm all beaten up. I'm all abused up, Lord. Do you really love me? Yes, he does. You have as much value to him as this one. He loves you, and Jesus died for you. Turn to him. Pray to him. Ask him to forgive you, and he will. Now, the second thing, let's hone in now on God's will for every Christian. Once you're saved, God's will for every Christian is that you be sanctified. Everybody say sanctified. Now, immediately you think of holy, and when I say holy, you say, well, I'm never going to be holy because that's just too holy for me. But let me tell you something. God wants you sanctified. Listen to this. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, wrote Paul, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Now, that's just one of the many sins you can get involved in and one of the many sins God wants us out of. So when he says sexual immorality, it's not just sexual immorality, but it is God's will that you should be sanctified. Sanctified means set apart for a special purpose. Set apart. It is God's will for every Christian that you be set apart for his purpose. Let me tell you what sanctification is. It's the daily process. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process where the Christian is removed more and more from the pollution of the world, the fleshly habits that held you bound, and from worldly ways of thinking and doing that we can become more like Jesus. It is the daily process where the Holy Ghost pulls you away from the things of the world, pulls you away from the traps of the flesh, pulls you away from worldly thinking and doing, and makes you more like Jesus, sanctified, sanctified, sanctified. We've been sanctified and glorified, sanctified. This week for Thanksgiving, we had some family and friends over, and because it was a special occasion, I pulled out the china. And I set the table with things that I don't use any other time of the year. I put out china plates. I put out china glasses. It looked so good, I hated to break it up after Thanksgiving was over. But I pulled out the china. You know why? Because it was a special occasion. I pulled out the china, and I set the table with things that normally I would never use. The china had been in a china cabinet set aside for a special purpose. Now listen, you are God's China. Can I prove it to you? Watch this. Listen to 1 Peter 2, 9. For you have been chosen by God himself. Everybody say, I'm chosen. Now look what he goes on to say. You are priests of the king. You are. You may not feel like a priest, but you're a priest. And then it says you are holy and pure. You are God's very own. All this so that you may show, here's why, why has God chosen you and set you aside and sanctified you and called you? Why? What's the purpose? That you may show to others how God called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. God pulls you out for a special purpose. There is a special purpose on your life. And here's what it is, so that you may show to others. That's why you can't live like the world, talk like the world, think like the world, and then try to tell the world that something changed you. No, you've got to allow the Holy Ghost to sanctify you, set you aside, set you apart. You've got to allow God to work on you in that process of sanctification so that you may show to a lost and dying world how God called you out 
called you out. He called you out to call you in. He set you free. He called you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Why? He called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And we're supposed to be showing that to others all the time. Come on, everybody. Come on. See, you're just like a candle in a dark world. Jesus said, no man lights a candle and puts it under a bushel. But you put it on a candle stand, on a lamp stand, so that everybody in the room can see the light. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And he has called you out and is calling you out of this world. We are in it, but we are not of it. So that we can show to others how God touched us, changed us, set us free, delivered us, healed us, totally revolutionized our life by calling us into his wonderful light. You're God's flashlight in a dark world, a lantern, and we're to shine all the time. I told you, if I ever have construction workers over at my house, and I do from time to time, if anybody comes to work at my house for any reason, I've got a little clock inside of me that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them this much time before I tell them about the Lord. I'm not letting them out of the house till I tell them about the Lord. And this week, I, had some, I, I got some new windows put in. I had to have new windows. They were leaking. They were all fogged up. So I got some new windows. And when all these window people came in, I said, I've got them. <laughs> because you see, I, I believe that God works in the normal everyday, everyday of life. And so if I've got some people in my house who are there just to work on windows, they don't know, but they are there also to hear about how God called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so I waited, and I said, okay, time's up, and I began to talk to them, tell them what I did. And it's amazing how their countenance changes. The minute you say, you can see them thinking, uh-oh, uh-oh, have I cussed? Have I said anything wrong? Have I done anything? Because they're sitting there thinking, oh, I didn't know that this guy was a Christian, not only a Christian, but a pastor. And I shine. I let the Lord shine through me. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the glory, the excellence of the glory might be of him and not of us. We are lanterns, flashlights, candles everywhere we go. And we've been called of God. That's why he sanctifies us. The good news is God promises to be the sanctifier. You don't have to do it. See, religion says, <clears throat> clean yourself up. Jesus says, come to me and I'll clean you up. God says, I'm going to sanctify you. Listen to what Paul wrote. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. Who? God himself. Who's going to sanctify you and me? God himself. Through and through. And then he names the three parts of every person. He says, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is the one who's going to empower you to walk away from the world, the things of the world, the thinking of the world, the ways of the world. It's God's will, God's will that we be saved, and it's God's will that we be sanctified. But there's one more crucial thing. We must do, and this is God's will for every Christian, but we must do this one thing if we're going to fully discover God's will for our life. Are you ready? It is God's will that you change the way you think. You've got to change the way you think. 
Listen to what Romans 12, 2 says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you. How, God? How? If you want to transform me, how is it going to happen? He says, into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, everybody say then. I want you to notice the then because he's connecting these two thoughts. God is going to change the way you think, and when he has changed the way you think, then, read the next part with me, then you will learn to know, and that word is prove, God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's three definitions of the will of God. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. Now notice what he says. You can't prove what is the will of God for you until your thinking has been changed. Now hold that thought, and let me tell you something about you and me. We all live life through a lens. We view life through a lens. Much like putting on sunglasses that tint and shade the way we see everything. We all see life through a lens. And let me tell you what the lens is. When we first come to Jesus, the lens through which we view life has been formed by past hurts and from learning worldly ways of thinking and doing. And so we view life through a lens. The lens is an attitude. It is our philosophy. It is what we believe about life. We view life through a lens. If I put on red sunglasses right now, I see everything red. If I put on blue sunglasses, I see everything blue. When you know worldly ways of thinking and doing and you have been badly hurt and it hadn't been healed, you, that gives you a lens through which you view life. Our minds have gone through years of programming from living in a fallen, ungodly world when we come to Jesus, and that programming becomes the lens through which we view everything. Let me give you some examples. People who have experienced the sting of racism come to see the world through a racial lens. People who have been abused uh, sexually or emotionally or physically see life through a lens of fear and anger and mistrust because our lens has been formed by our past experiences. Still others see themselves and the world and the entire universe through the lens of evolutionary teaching. Listen carefully. And here's what evolution teaches you. Here's the lens you see life with. There's no true meaning to life. There's no ultimate purpose to life. No divine destiny. Everything is random and meaningless. And I'm just, I'm just something that evolution spit onto the planet and one day I'm going to die and go back to the dust, and there's no real ultimate purpose for my life. That's the lens a whole generation of young people view life through right now. And these things are stinking thinking. All these types of stinking thinking are lenses through which we see and interpret what happens to us. So the Bible says we need to renew our thoughts and get a whole new lens. Come on, everybody. We need a whole new lens. 
Let me tell you a, f a fact of life. You'll never change your life until you change the way you think. I'm going to say it again. You'll never change your life until you, you, you change the way you think. See, there's a lot of people born again. They're saved as the day is long, but they've never renewed their minds. They've never changed the way they think. And so in a lot of areas, they're not free because their minds have never been renewed. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, thinks, thinks. You will never change your life till you change the way you think. Everything begins with a thought. Your being in church today started with a thought. I think I'll go to TPC today. I hope it's your thought every week. But, but it began with a thought. Listen, both evil and good, right and wrong, good and bad, begin with a thought. And that thought becomes an action. And that action results in a consequence. Everything starts with a thought. The good news is our wrong ways of thinking and doing can be erased and replaced by the power of God's word. Now, I'm going to say that again because there is nothing like the word of God to change the way you think. It is the only way to really change the way you think. The word of God will erase and replace, erase old ways of thinking and replace them with new ways of thinking. The word of God will cause you to see life not any longer from a worldly, fleshly lens, but from a godly, holy lens. Nothing will do it like the Word of God. The Word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow, and it discerns the inner thoughts and motivations of the heart. It changes the way we think. So each and every day, we've got to read the Word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because the Word of God has the power to reprogram our minds into God's way of thinking. This is God's will. Now, I'm going somewhere, and I'm going to close with that. I want you to think about something now. This is really where I've been going the whole time. Watch this. As our minds are renewed, the Bible says we grow increasingly skillful at proving what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, what does word prove mean? prove, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What's the word prove mean? It means to test, to examine, to scrutinize, to see whether something is genuinely from God or from the enemy. This is how so many Christians get tripped up by the flesh and the devil because they're saved, but their minds aren't renewed. So the devil throws something at them and says, this is God's will, and they swallow it hook, line, and sinker because they don't have a renewed mind. Renewing your mind guarantees that you will no longer come to the same conclusions that somebody would who is conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what God's will is for you and what it's not. Test, examine, scrutinize. You remember the old movies? where uh, uh, an old settler or a, or a gold digger, a gold miner would, would, would come up to somebody and, and try to buy something with some gold coins. And the person that was selling something would take that gold coin and, and, and bite down on it. Remember that? Bite down on it. And the whole idea is that real gold, true gold is soft. And if it was real gold that they were using to buy what, they were, what the other person was selling, then there would be teeth marks in that coin because true gold, real gold, 
will, is soft enough where you can leave a tooth mark on it. You know what that guy was doing? He was proving the genuineness of the gold or not. He was proving whether it was genuine or not. And if there were no bite marks, he said, hey, you know what? Take your coins and, and walk away because that's not real gold. We are too, with every person in our life, every place, everything, we're all faced with guidance issues. Do I go this way, that way? Is this person from God or not from God for my life? Should I take that job or this job? Should I live there or live there? Should I go to that church or this church? A million decisions, big and small, we're all faced with. And you know what he's telling us here? If your mind is renewed, you have increasing skill to bite that coin and tell if it's genuine or not. If it's from God or not. See, we got to know that. I've seen people hook up with people and man, I bit that coin real quick. I met that person and bit that coin real quick. But the person that was with them couldn't tell at all because their minds weren't renewed. We, we, we make decisions all the time as Christians that we shouldn't make because our minds have not been renewed. So we don't know how to discern. Hebrews, I think it's 5.14. Hebrews 5 verse 14 talks about the mature Christian who has, who has learned to exercise their senses to discern between good and evil, what is from God and what isn't. Now, I'm sharing this with you today because, listen, it's God's will for all of us that we understand God's will, that we know God's will, that we know something that is from God or not from God. Am I talking to anybody today? See, a renewed mind can see right through a counterfeit and discern whether something has come from God or from the enemy or from the flesh. This is the will of God for every Christian. Not just that you get saved, but then that you get sanctified. And then not just that you're sanctified, but that you have a renewed mind. So that when the devil throws something your way and says, hey, this is God's will. See, that's what happened to Eve. Hey, Eve, has God said and she ended up eating the fruit and then Adam with her. She fell for the devil's trick. The devil throws things at Christians all the time. Here's God's will for you. This person, this place, this thing, it's God's will for you. And if you don't have a renewed mind, then you don't have the skill to bite into that coin and see if it's real gold or not. But if you've got a renewed mind, you take one look at it, you go, Poof, you got to be kidding me. Get thee behind me, Satan. I'm going to close with one example out of the Bible. Paul the Apostle one day, he's traveling in a certain city, Philippi. He's traveling in Philippi, and he's got his team with him. And a little servant girl who had been in the occult and had been used by her owners to bring them money because of her connection to the spirit world. This girl began to follow Paul around and his team. And, and here's what she was saying. She was saying this as she followed. These men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now catch this folks. That was true. They were servants of the most high God and they were proclaiming the way of salvation. But something was going on in Paul who had a renewed mind. And Paul began to get it says annoyed. And, and in the Greek, it means distressed. He began to get really distressed. Something was grieving him and vexing him about this girl. She's saying the right thing, but it's a wrong spirit. 
Come on, everybody. She's saying the right thing, but it's a wrong spirit. And the Bible says that Paul, discerning, because he had a renewed mind and he was full of the Holy Ghost, his, the Spirit of God in him was grieved. But more than that, he had learned from Scripture that God will never promote men because that's what she was doing. These men are the servants of the Most High God. They proclaim to us the way of salvation. You know what I've noticed? Never once did she mention Jesus. She was promoting the men, promoting flesh, promoting men. And Paul turned around and said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And that spirit came out. And boy, it set in motion a whole series of events. Got them in jail. Got them thrown in prison where they experienced the original jailhouse rock. They got delivered from prison. The Philippian church was born all because one man had discernment, bit the coin and said, this is not from God. Come on, everybody. This is good stuff. This is free. This isn't going to cost you, but it may save your life. Because some of you got some coins in your life you need to be biting on. You need to be biting some coins in your life. And see if, if, if there's any teeth marks. See if it's really from God or not. I'm amazed at what I see Christians fall for. Can we stand? Everybody say with me, it's God's will that everybody be saved. It's God's will that every Christian be sanctified and cultivate a renewed mind. There are things I see in my life now that I instantly recognize as not being from God that 30 years ago, I would have said, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for this. No, no. He wants us to be a discerning people. Amen? Amen. Can we lift our hands to the great Savior, Jesus? The Lord Jesus. I'm going to tell you, he's the real gold. He's the real thing. There's no other Savior besides Him. You can bite into that gold with your discernment, and you're going to find it's as real as it could be. Jesus, Savior of the world. Now I want us to pray together. Church, I love you in Jesus. I love you in Christ. And I want to see you walk in victory. I want to see your minds renewed. So say with me, right to the Lord, say, Jesus, help me. To cooperate with the sanctification of the Holy Spirit in my life. And to renew my mind. That I might discern what is from God for me. In the name of Jesus.